Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Felice with the assist. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. As always, I'm your host, Finister. And tonight we have an episode with a twist. You just heard my introduction. And now you're going to hear another one, but it's not going to be Nate. It's going to be me. Charlie, hit it. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to uh, the Double Post podcast. Uh, as you may have noticed, uh, Finn was doing his intro and now I'm doing my intro. Uh, Reese is not on this episode, if you guys are wondering. He is at a soccer tournament in California, or he should be leaving like right now, actually. And I just got to Mexico, so there was no chance in hell that we were going to be able to record this. But uh, I'm very glad Finn reached out to me because I've always wanted to do crossover pods and they're fun. But uh, yeah, this, this seems to be working out fine. Well, they can be fun or they can go fucking terribly wrong. And I have... <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> I have had moments, not with guests from opposing teams but i've had a uh i've had a guest on and i didn't know like how far i could go so yeah. i asked him which player on our squad would be most likely to be arrested for running a human trafficking ring <clears throat> and uh he got offended and i had to explain like this is not actually going to happen or condoning human trafficking at all however if you had to pick one who would you pick yeah, it wasn't. It was uncomfortable. It didn't feel good. Um, speaking of not feeling good, um, as you you don't know, Charlie, because you've probably never heard my pod, which is fine. Who has time? Um, the other night. Oh, yeah. I like to tell my listeners a short little story about something big. And they got a big one last week, which you guys will get the answer to what happened next. But before that, you're going to have to hear about when I ate mushrooms and watched Outlander. And we've talked, I'm just going to be brief, man, because it, and, and watch Jimmy. I, I watched Outlander and Jimmy Hendrix videos. I'm, I am very interested in what you have to say about this. So the last time I took shrooms was about two weeks ago. And before that, it had been like 13, fuck, how old am I? 20 years or something. And the last time it was dark where we were, right? And we took them two nights in a row. So they didn't really have this, that impact the second night. Cause I ate a bunch the second night and I was like, it doesn't feel the same. So the other night we went to the Dynamo game, which we won four to three. We beat our our uh, I don't even know what to call them, San Jose, because they 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 we were them. Mm -hmm. Like it's a weird relationship. But you I were never. Know. I don't. I don't we feel weren't like an expansion Houston was team. ever as bad as them. Dude, we were last in the West for two years in a row. Yeah, but yeah, we I were mean, as bad. San Jose as always felt worse because they would just get thrashed in these games. I mean, nobody, I don't remember the Dynamo losing either. like six zero or whatever. No, we would, we would, when we lose, we do it in the most heartbreaking way possible. Mm. Like they'll equalize after the 80th minute and then they'll win it in extra time. That's happened. Yeah. It's, a, it's a terrible feeling, but. Oh, I, trust me. I remember the early Timbers expansion days. There were a lot of those moments too. Also, whenever Houston beats us, it seems to be like that. It always seems to be like last minute. God damn it. How, did, how could we let this happen? Those are the worst. Those are the absolute fucking worst. Like I'd rather. Yeah. Uh, to be on the opposite, to be on the winning end is fantastic, but the losing end is horrible. Yeah. So, fucking, we won the game. We went out uh, afterwards downtown and we ate a wild boar hot dog, which was delicious from the Moon Tower Inn in East downtown Houston. And then I said, hey, we'd been drinking a little bit and we smoked a joint on the way up. And I said, hey, you want to do shrooms? She's like, okay. And I was like, okay. And she goes, yeah. I said, where are we going to go? She goes, I have some at my house. So we went back and we got these big ass mushrooms. Like they were quite large. And she also brought the leftover, I guess, mushroom shake. Like if you don't smoke weed, you don't know what shake is, but shake is what's left after you take all the nugs out. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not the best, but it'll, it'll do the job. So there was like a bag of mushroom shake, which turns out also had weed in it, but we'll get to that. That was gross. So we get back to my apartment and we eat two shrooms and they were, they were big and I'm sitting there and I'm watching, we're watching Outlander, which I love this show. If you've never watched it, where have you been? All right, Sassanek. I'm watching the show, and in my mind, I start to realize these are just people playing dress up and pretending, which is the fucking fastest way to ruin a TV show for yep. anybody. And I was like, yo, we got to turn it off. And she was like, what? 
I said, we got to turn it off now. And I'll explain later. And I was like, look at all those colors. There's so many colors in the jacket. Turn it off. Turn the show off now. So she turns it off. And then we, we decide to put on Jimi Hendrix videos. She likes Jimi Hendrix. She's a, she's a total hippie. Problem with Spotify is that it only has the face of the person like on this multicolored background. So in the same night, Mushrooms almost ruined outlander and Jimi hendrix for me because the next morning when i turned the tv on jimmy was still there and i was like last night you were fucking moving last <laughs> night things were happening like, and I, I, oh man it was intense like we did it a couple weeks ago and we went to a renaissance festival you ever been to one of these mm-hmm. okay well, we did one on mushrooms but it wasn't that bad like it wasn't like as intense as fucking saturday yeah dude i'm crazy when it comes to that stuff like i want to do mushrooms and go snorkeling that's my, that's one of my dreams. And now that I have her, I'm going to do it. The problem is in Texas, there's nowhere to do it because our water is poop brown, shit brown. It's disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, Shroom's almost ruined Outlander and Jimi Hendrix. Now, I, I do have to thank you for beating Austin because everybody in this state fucking hates them. Thank you for doing your job and beating them. And you know what? We call them uh, like Little Cascadia. Yeah, like they, yeah. they want to be y'all that exactly. you guys in Seattle, like they are, they're fucking copycats and it pisses me off, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on them because <laughs> I hate them so much. I don't, I don't even watch. Okay. I watch their games until like they win, they start winning and I turn it off because I don't want their ratings to that's, be good. Yeah. That's what I'm used to with Seattle <sighs> games as well. Cause yeah. they, especially cause Seattle wins so damn much. It's like, but that, yeah, no matter but, how good we are, we can never like step out of their shadow sometimes. It's really, annoying. yeah. Really I was looking annoying. at that. I was looking at that today and they, cause I was looking at who's won more cups, us or you. And surprisingly we've won more than you, which yeah. doesn't feel like that's how it should be. Then I looked at Seattle's and I was like, holy shit. They, they have a lot more, but you guys are, you guys are very successful. And I think everybody around the league pretty much respects Portland except mm-hmm. for Seattle. Right. Cause they're not supposed to, yeah. but I've always respected y'all and it's cause you're consistently good. But those ass hats west of us, and they they want to copy everything. It's <laughs> I hate them. So hey, man, tell me. I was doing some research today. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about Andy Polo. Oof. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot you want to know. Uh, I read entire, a little bit. It's it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Uh, how do I summarize this in the? And hey, they definitely possible. covered it up because I didn't know about it till today, and I read things. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad you cut to that the cover up because essentially what happened was the, the broad understanding and apologies if there's a lot of noise in my background, some people are arriving to he's on vacation. It's all yeah, good, I, man. I can't do anything about it. Um, I chose the quietest room possible and it's still like, it's a very open house. Anyways. Uh, I'm glad you called it a cover up because to the general public, that's, I mean, that is the understanding of what happened. Uh, I believe to know Paul Tenorio and Sam Stasekull did a, Sam Stasekull did a really good pot about it on allocation disorder last week. If you're looking for a, a more detailed summary of it, but essentially the timbers, it seems like the timbers covered up the fact that Andy Polo was, uh, Pete the shit out of his committing girlfriend, domestic, committing domestic abuse. Hey, did, um, is he still playing? For y'all? He is playing. No, not for us. We. Oh, so, well, here's here's the ah. thing, though, right? Here's the thing. So the Timbers knew about it. They had employees on the scene when immediately after this happened to try to clear up the entire situation, and then they gave him a contract extension. And then later, when the public found out about it, like what was that? Six, more than six months later, then they terminated his contract immediately once it was public. And now he's playing for Universitario in South America. And I believe he actually just scored a like 90 stoppage time winner, like a last week or something, which is kind of crazy. He is. He's um, pacey. I remember that. He's a very fast. He individual. was quite pacey. And here's the thing. He like, he never really played for the Timbers that much. He had a couple worldy goals like throughout the years, but he never really, he was never even close to a consistent starter, but right before his major injury last season, he was kind of balling for us. He was playing really well. He wasn't like scoring goals and stuff, but he was applying really good pressure and he was doing the little things right. And then Derek Williams, one of uh, LA Galaxy's center backs, absolutely like destroyed him. I mean, I I can't put it any better. I don't know if you've seen that tackle, but it was one of the ugliest challenges I've ever seen. Straight red, like 
Timbers went on to win that match. And then like, I think it was the next day is when this domestic violence stuff. Uh, That's fucking happened. karma for you though. That's the universe. If it's true, if it's true, if it's true. Yeah, but I mean I did, that's I, the thing. You always got to add that caveat, but I mean, I saw the thing based where on there's, the, there's audio tapes of the, yes, the Timbers exactly people mention, offering yeah. her, and this blew my mind, four hundred dollars a month, and I'm thinking I pay triple that in child support. Actually, I don't. I pay five times that in child support. <laughs> Literally, like guys, that's my payment a month. I I hate condoms. Five times that a month, and if I'm Andy Polo's girlfriend, I'm going, bitch, please absolutely not but i mean i don't i don't yeah like i mean if, if you're her again and these things type of things obviously i tend to side with the victim in this situation which is definitely not andy polo um it she just wants what's best for her and her kids and if like if daddy and his money don't want to like keep supporting you then you're kind of screwed i mean you're in a foreign country you don't speak english uh you're in portland which is not exactly the most diverse city on earth uh, it's hard to find help. And I mean, the Timbers said that they tried to help her, but it seemed like they just didn't want her to snitch. And that was yeah. kind of their whole MO. But um, again, I, I mean, if for whatever reason, someone from the Timbers organization is listening to this, like, I don't know. Nobody knows the, nobody in the general public knows the entire full story, but yeah. Based on the evidence we have, it, it seems like a pretty bad look for the front office. And of course, that follows up the whole Thorns fiasco that's been going on with for the past few years. Like there, we had two investigations at the same time actually going on with the Timbers and Thorns. And just you guys are a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And like somebody made this somebody made this point. I don't remember who it was. They were like, you were handed a franchise in Portland, Oregon. You were handed a soccer franchise you don't have to do a lot of work to make yourself popular. It's yeah, really you're, not you're going to be, pay, you're going to be catering to the most liberal progressive base in Portland. You better cross your T's and dot your lowercase J's. Well, it's just not that hard. Like it's, yeah, it's just really fucking not that hard. Don't offer money to somebody who got beat up to cover <laughs> it up. Like it's, it's not like 1995 Philadelphia, but you yeah. know, you mentioned one thing where Andy Polo is definitely not the victim. And I will say, in this country, we were founded on innocent until proven guilty. And we have been conditioned to do the opposite. We immediately, we do. And I'm not, I'm not victim shaming or doing any of that. But it's amazing to me how we've been conditioned to automatically think someone's guilty in most cases. Yeah, that's right? true. I mean, the, the statistic of women who are lying about that it's I mean, low though to me is yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. to the point I mean, where I'm, it's usually right they usually are guilty like, but that's the thing sh- is the the events around the entire situation pretty much make it obvious yeah like, you don't offer why would you terminate if- his contract immediately if you know like the damage has already been done from a pr standpoint so you must like either think you know he's guilty at that point if you're terminating i i don't know so, i don't know man i mean before we it's went into before we went with your slow start, I just really wanted to bring up the front office shenanigans to just mm-hmm. really put a little salt in the wound because it's not very often that we're what five five matches in mm-hmm. six and, and, you're and we're ahead of you. Yeah. We're ahead of yeah. you. That's not very often. And we just won our last match too. <laughs> oh, so did we? Huh. <laughs> yeah. um, so so far, I, I was reading today. You guys started horribly, but but in your eyes, like how how has your season been so far? Honestly, Reese and I talk about this a lot. Like it's hard to keep giving the same excuse for something over and over again when you're not getting great results, but the Timbers were decimated by injuries and still are to some extent this season. Sebastian Blanco has played like two and a half games worth of minutes so far out of seven or something. Um, Felipe Mora, our best striker has been in, out the entire season. We have one healthy forward on the entire roster and it's Yaroslav Nezgoda who has not been performing at a DP level, which is the money he's getting paid to do. He did score in the last game, though, and it was a striker's goal. So kudos to him. Hopefully so I, I read your article. Yeah. I read your article oh, today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, Eric Williamson has been out. USMNT hopeful guy has a ton of talent. He's played like barely any minutes this season. Um, both our starting center backs were out to start the season. <laughs> so we had our only that, yeah. two healthy center backs uh, playing. And then the, the position 
the one position group that was fully healthy and that we thought we could fully trust was outside backs. And they've been terrible. Our outside backs have been God awful this season. Claudio Bravo, Jose Carlos Ben Rankin, Pablo Bonilla when he subs in. I mean, honestly, our super draft selection, Justin Rasmussen has been our best outside back and he's played the least amount of minutes. Um, or maybe, maybe he's played more than Bonilla. But either way, he's, he's been like kind of the one buried on the depth chart. You know, he's like the fourth string guy. Um, yeah, we have a couple of those, but they don't, they're at fourth stream because they're awful. We don't have depth. Like, I mean, he's, close. I we definitely do don't know if he's ready to, he's definitely not ready to start in MLS, but like we have two international players who just are not getting the job done at those positions right now. And even though we won, uh, they still did not look good. And if, as you know, from reading the article, they, that might be a problem coming up into this game as well, because and you might be able to speak on this more. It seems like Houston loved to attack those kind of spaces where the outside fullbacks are. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't get all the way through the article. That's fair. But I, I did read <laughs> I did read about how the three DPs are not playing like DPs. I read that. Um no, they're not. Yeah. I mean, well, one of them's injured, but the other two, you know, borderline. So um, yes, we are going to run past your ass with our fast wings, and then we are going to cross it in to our new designated player up top, Sebastian Ferreira, and he might score. He, he, just, he just finally scored the last match. He scored a brace. Oh, oh, were those his first two? Yes, man. Nice. And look, it was our, our draft pick. Our number one draft pick was Thor Olferson, who was a number mm. nine. Wait, Thor, yeah. great name. Wow. He's also the guy from, like, this is how I introduce him. He's the guy from UNC or wherever it was that mouthed off to the goalie and the defender fucking leveled him. Oh, damn. That was him. So now, you know, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, he's a shithouser, but he, he, he has an engine. He's always moving. Our our number nine is more of a a target man. Get in the ball with his back to goal and he's going to do something. And he's, he's shown flashes up until his, you know, his brace that he could do it. Mm -hmm. But up until that game, people were like, we want to see Thor. And I'm like, you want to see an MLS draft pick? Over a six million dollar transfer, <laughs> really? Four games in, fucking. Re- After three games, it was starting to murmur, and I was like, "You guys are crazy." But yeah, dude, we are we are going to send our backs down. Uh, you will not see Zarek Valentine. I know you'll miss him. Oh, love him. He's been replaced at right back by Griffin Dorsey, and most likely uh, a Brazilian named Zeca. And Zeca offers a lot more down the sideline. Like if he starts, you should be worried because we've seen him in spurts because he's only been here for two months. Mm-hmm. Or sees Pacey and he gets up and he will cross the ball where it needs to go. He will look goofy as fuck doing it, but he gets the job done. On the left, Adam Lundquist, he does everything better than average. Like mm. he's a solid 6.9 player every match, 6.8. He's going to do everything better than average. And he can get across in here and there, uh, but you're going to see the ball go from the midfield, Quintero or Karaskia, up to Fafa or um, maybe Tyler Pasher or Corey Baird. I would imagine Pasher because we pumped four in against San Jose with him up top. And prior mm-hmm. to that, um, he's a different, he's different. He's good offensively. It's funny. I remember, uh, this is such a weird tangent, but I remember watching Tyler Pasher when he was on Indy 11. Uh, yeah. He kicked a, ass there. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be doing recaps on what his like forward counterpart, Nick Moon was doing because Nick Moon was a former Lane United FC player. Shout out to Lane United FC. I used to work for them. Uh, and I would do like a Reds and the Pros type thing where we, you know, track where their former players are. And every damn week it would be like, oh, you know, Nick Moon's out there and his team is like doing well, but Tyler Pasher is doing everything for them. Like this guy is on fire. He has to get to MLS soon. Lo and behold, I mean, Houston is the one that picked him up. And I remember he played pretty well against us last season. He's been a good find. He hasn't been very durable, but when he's in, he has a different different element. He's very left-footed, but he has, I want to say he put a goal in with his right foot last year and he did it uh, from the left side. And I, I think I was at that game and I was like, that was his right foot. I was like, I was impressed, <laughs> but he's extremely, he's very left footed, but he will invert from the right and Fafa's right footed and he'll invert from the left. Mm-hmm. So, but Fafa's fast, Pasher's fast, Fred is not that fast, but we do have some speed really? up top on the wings. He's not that fast. How old is he? 24, 25, 26, something like that. Okay. Okay. He's a younger lad. He came from Paraguay, oh. which he, he, I know it's not a big name, 
but he's done. He played for the big club in Paraguay, I believe. And I know okay. he scored a lot of goals and he's, he is quality. You can see it, but our season so far uh, has been, you know, usually like usually you're where we are right now and we're where you are. So we've yeah, been pleased. We've been pleased. We've had, man, we've had the exact opposite. Our front office has been kick ass. Like they have made promises and they've kept them. They, they went out and signed Hector Herrera, right? They brought in, yeah. they did all this stuff, man, that they promised and they're fucking doing it, which is like, okay, that's weird for a businessman. Mm-hmm. Like, because when you get an owner, they're all businessmen, but are they a businessman who like to show off and flaunt? Or are they ones who are always about the bottom line? And yeah, I, we, and in sports, you don't want a bottom line guy. You want a show off guy. <laughs> no, we have we have nicknamed our owner Big Dick Ted. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I will like MLS.com will post articles. You know how they get like a good amount of responses. Hold on though, MLSsoccer.com. Oh yeah, well yeah, the one on Twitter, the MLS <laughs> one. They'll post something. About I always the find that funny. S stands for soccer, right? Yeah, it's it's anyway, in the sorry, name already. Right. <laughs> yeah, they'll post like professional articles about the owners, and I'll just write like my owners is bigger than yours because he's just <laughs> dude. He's kept his promises, and we are very happy, and we're winning, and we've won on the road. We broke oh my god, twenty six games without a win on the road, and then last wow. year we went was it eighteen in a row without a win? We set records, man. It's been it's been fucking hard. It's I mean, speaking hard. of speaking of streaks on the road, I genuinely I've 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 reread the stats so many times now that I should have it memorized. But the Timbers have not won in Texas in like I don't know, man. I'm a senior in college right now, at, at least my freshman year. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to the score prediction. I, I kind of I know where you're going with it. I think. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't making a prediction yet. I was just trying to remember the last. I think like if we're counting the a first round win over FC Dallas in the playoffs, then I think that was our last win in. I mean, we even played Austin twice last season when they were terrible, and they beat the hell out of us. I hate Austin. those fucking guys. I hate them. I, hate I do everybody. like a Rudy though. And are you, do you like a Rudy? Are you no. anti-Rudy? No, I don't. Why would, <laughs> no, why would I, no, of all of them, I hate him the most. You did that on purpose. You <laughs> no, I did it. I did it. <laughs> why do you like him of all, dude, he is just, he's a slut. He just bounces <laughs> around from team to team. Like he's played for all three Texas teams. He's yep. the only guy to and score for. I mean, I find it odd. There's so many former Timbers players in Texas, specifically between your three teams. I'm trying to find my list of it right now. We did. This is where players, this is typically where players have gone to die. Did you know that? (laughs) Texas, one of us. I mean, Austin thinks they're good, but they're still shit, which is what is the most maddening thing is they don't realize they're bad. Yeah. And they thought they were hot shit earlier this season when they beat like the worst teams in the league by by, like a lot of goals. They came to Portland and we humbled them. Barely. They did push us to the brink, but we were just not very good at the time. Scraped out a 1-0 win. That's um, you did your job. You were supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so to I did, to Reloma. <laughs> I did get to see uh, your former striker, Jeremy Abobasi. He scored mm-hmm. a brace. Yeah. He scored a brace against us. Do, do y'all miss him? Because I've, I've always liked him. He's we always miss been him a pacey lot. And, and he's been okay. I like him. We miss him a lot for both on and off the field. He was a huge, I mean, obviously he's a huge uh, proponent of the Black Players for Change coalition in MLS, which is like a port, you know, we love that shit. That's awesome. I'm extremely excited about that. And I mean, a lot of Timbers fans, quite honestly, like they, that's more important to them than what happens on the field sometimes. That being said, he was pretty damn good on the field for us too. I feel like he would have scored a lot more goals for us if he wasn't played on the wing so much. I don't know if you know about this, but Jebo no, on the wing was like that a makes big no sense. thing. No, it doesn't. We just had too many strikers, so we eventually sold him. And now, lo and behold, here we are with two of our three strikers out for the entire season so far. Are you the ones with Rudy Rui Diaz, or is that Seattle? That's Seattle. I, I fucking hate that guy. Hate He's a scumbag. Guy. God. I, well, I hate him worse, almost but... as much as I hate Arturo Vidal <laughs> or Sergio Ramos. But part of me likes Sergio Ramos because of all the tattoos. But I hate Vidal, and I hate the other guy. Who are we talking about? I had a joint before the show. So uh, Diaz. Diaz, I hate that guy. Who are your <laughs> other strikers? Like, who did you replace Abobasi with? Uh, we didn't replace him. That's the thing. We had so we we signed uh, Yaroslav Nieskoda to a DP contract, um, 
and he's been injured ever since. Uh, he has like 17 appearances in three oh. years now, or 17 starts, sorry. 37 appearances, 17 starts. That's a bad feeling. In three years for us. That's not what you want from your DP. That it's being like Paulo, said. It's Paulo Dybala. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, But he's not like a super sub. Like he, he won't come on and score and do something crazy. He's just hurt. <laughs> yeah, He's just he's hurt. Not play, play. He's not he playing ACL last season. Yeah. But the yeah. thing was, Felipe Mora was playing so damn well that when he and Niazgoda were healthy, we were like, we can't get Jebo the minutes he deserves. We know he's good, but we have to throw him on the wing because Gio won't, our manager won't change his style to fit two strikers or whatever. Um, so we got rid of Jebo and now we have two competent strikers. We have a third guy, Tega Ikoba, a guy we signed from like our second team, uh, who's apparently supposed to be pretty pacey and like, exciting but he ha- literally has never played a minute for the timbers so we can't evaluate that um but yeah man like i said i mean nisgoda just scored his second goal this season and while hopefully it can be a good confidence booster like it still hasn't been amazing for him yeah so since we're on the topic of people you miss tell me about steve clark how how oh man because it seems like you guys really liked him but he we did really he like to, him he knew he had to leave what happened well when you when you talk about steve clark and the timbers you have to start with mls cup 2015 because although he wasn't playing for the timbers he did gift us the most important goal in the club's history um which i mean i, I don't remember i don't know if you remember it but dude, i wasn't watching soccer then i only started watching the oh, sport really? in 2017 because my son started playing look growing up i was i was a football player and I was taught, it's so bad what they taught us back in the 90s, but I was taught that like the soccer kids were just the kids that couldn't play football. And our foot, I mean. I mean, yeah, I, I was a football kid too. And that, that sentiment was there. Even if but I'm wasn't. older than you. This, this is the yeah, 90s, yeah. right? So I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you what my coaches said, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't agree with it. But our coaches would tell us to call the soccer players, the soccer fags, and we did Ooh, it. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad, right? If you did that today, oh my God. But this is this is how I was conditioned as a young kid, or it was communist. It was a communist, but in Texas, it was communist. In New Jersey, our coaches called them that. But once I started watching and my son started playing, I was like, man, this, this sport's pretty hard. You have to run seven or eight miles and do all that weird yeah. shit with your feet. And then these guys can kick it and throw it. They can kick it more accurately than I could throw a ball. It's amazing, man. It's I, I played my first, I played my first intramural game yesterday. It was my first 11 v 11 game in like four years and it was 20 minute halves and I couldn't even play the full thing. I was just so gassed. Like I played five minutes of basketball last stuff. week. I almost passed out. Oh, geez. yeah. My cardio game is not up to snuff, but I have, I have to increase my cardio game because, because the hippie girlfriend always also has a lot of energy in bed. She wears me out. <laughs> So ideally, I'm going to go first because I think I've been prompting you first every time. So okay. I'm going to give you the lineup I'd like, and then I'm going to tell you who I think you'll actually see. All right? Okay. So our goalkeeper is going to be a guy named Steve Clark. He needs no introduction. Oh, which, by the way, I forgot that part. Love Steve. We love Steve. He was just too old, and he wanted too much money. That's the only reason he, he, loved, he was going. Uh, we, we also love him, and he's playing, aside from that three-goal performance, which I can't put entirely on him, Aside from that, he's been so solid and he communicates so well. He's and I, yeah. his, he's all tatted up on his sleeves. Like, I, I have a thing for that. Like, not, a, yeah, not, I can not like that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's like, yeah, like I like guys that look like they have a little swagger, like some shit in their neck. Just like they'll get after you. But you'll see him in goal. You're going to see Adam Lundquist on the left, who, like I said before, he's, he's going to do everything above average. Our left center back is Teenage Debbie. He's one of our designated players. Sounds weird to say left-sided center back and designated yeah. player in the same sentence, but we did it. <laughs> okay. That's how we roll here. It's going to become a trend. You're going to start seeing it more. We are just ahead of our game, like with the grills and the chopped and screwed music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see him there next to him. This is a tricky one because the last two matches we've seen Ethan Bartlow, who up until this year had never played a minute of MLS. He also spent all of last year hurt and he was our first round draft pick. Okay. So it's plausible that he, he may have played some. Well, had he not been injured, maybe. No? But in the two matches, he's—I don't know. Last year, probably because we had no other right center back to play other than Tim Parker, we wore yeah. him out. 
Tim um, Barber's old too, right? He's not. He's like 30. Oh, what? For a, yeah, he's like 30 years old. For a center back, he's, he's hitting his prime years. It's crazy. But we started Bartlow the last two matches, and four goals were scored. Prior to that, we hadn't let in four goals all year. So I'm not sold on this kid. And a lot of people like him because he's a ball-playing defender. Look, I could give fuck all about your ball. It's nice to have. But your job is to stop them from scoring. That's your number one job, right? Like if I'm an Uber driver and I have the best breath mints, but I always crash my car, I'm a shitty Uber driver. <laughs> this is turning it. This sounds like the Trent Alexander-Arnold discourse. Really? Yeah. Everybody's I, like, oh, he's amazing. Like, look at all this stuff he does. And it's like, well, yeah, but he can't. Defend. He doesn't defend very well. <laughs> so I'm not sold on Bartlow. And Steris and Parker have had slight injuries, but I'm going to go with Tim Parker back at right center back with the captain's armband. Next to him, yes, he's our captain. And the last two matches, it's been Lundqvist because Parker has been out. But uh, next to him, I think you're going to – I want to see Zeka, the Brazilian. He's fast and he's pacey. And if you guys struggle with maintaining you know, overlaps and speed on the outside, then I'd like to see him. I, I will say we struggle with pretty much anything on the outside. So I think no matter what approach you take, whether it's speed or whether it's just somebody who's better at ball playing, like – probably going to work out yeah but if we go through the middle we're going to get clotheslined by a fucking chara this is true or another yeah. one yeah yeah there's yeah. two of them yeah. like yeah. they're everywhere <laughs> valeri's not bad either your midfield is pretty dope well, ours is gone but uh, oh no good good yeah he's gone he got he single-handedly beat us last year when we came on the road we were we were up at the half where we were tied and you guys subbed him into the second half after his dad had died that was his first match back mm. and it just totally changed the flow like we got spanked I think that final was like three to one. Anyway, our midfield, yeah. you'll see Darwin Quintero, Coco Carasquilla, who's a, he's kind of like Quintero, but not as creative, not as good. And then you'll see Matias Vera, who's a more defensive midfielder. Up top, you'll have Fafa Pico, Sebastian Ferreira, and I'm Tyler Pasher on the right. So we're going to have speed up top. We're going to have a little bit of creativity and some defense in the middle, a little bit of pace on the one on the right side. And then, uh, Two decent defenders. Hadebe is good. He's solid. The right one is the one we got to figure out. Uh, the only thing I think, that's my ideal version. I think mm -hmm. you're still going to see Griffin Dorsey on the right, and I think you're going to see Ethan Bartlow again at the right center back. Other than that, I think it'll be the same. Nice. So what do you got for us? What are we going to see? Oh, well, hey, see... We, we, we play a 4-3-3. I always forget that. We play I, a 4-3-3, yeah. and it's what it's going to be. I feel like everybody does now. For the most part, we also play a, well. It depends how you want to look at it. I, I guess you could call it a four-two-three-one. Yeah, it's like the same. It's too. like the same shape. And when we're in, when we're defending, it's a four-four-two, um, which is pretty common. Uh, we'll have Alias Ivicic in goal, um, who has been a backup for two, three years now. Before this. Hasn't had a great start, but he had a great game last time. Even though he gave up two goals, he saved a penalty. Uh, and he also had a few more really impressive saves. So that was really good. Uh, his big thing, though, is that he spills the ball a lot. He, can, he has really good reflexes and he's athletic, but he's, he can't catch the ball very well, very consistently. Um, our back line, left back, Claudio Bravo. I'll just get the fullbacks out of the way now. Right back, Jose Carlos Van Rankin. Uh, it's ironically, it's been kind of a rarity that these two have been starting together. Cause usually one of them has a red card, uh, our outside, actually, I guess Bonilla had one of the red cards. So our outside backs have had three red cards this season, uh, which is not great for our, your first six matches. Um, well, I've heard of Claudio Bravo. Like I know if I've heard of your players, they're decent. Claudio Bravo. His name. So we brought in both these guys at the beginning of 2020. God, the pandemic just blurs everything together. I'm pretty sure it was, maybe it was 2021. I actually, I think it was 2021. We bring both these guys in. Uh, Van Rankin is from Chivas in Mexico. Not, <laughs> not the defunct Chivas, RIP. Um, and Bravo was from uh, Argentina, Banfield. Bra the consensus is that Bravo took a little while to get uh, acclimated, but he was pretty solid last season, uh, especially in attack. Van Rankin took a really long time to get acclimated 
but by the time the playoffs were going, he was just part of the squad and like everything was just clicking. Um, but they've both been terrible this season. They've been really bad, uh, especially Ben Rankin, as Reese loves to point out. Um, our center backs, I don't think we've had the same center back duo start at the same time in like a long time. I don't have my spreadsheet in front of me, but um, our, I think our whole center back room is fully healthy now because I mentioned our two starters were out for the beginning of the season. That's Dario Zuperich and Laris Mabiala. Mabiala just played a full 90 and then Zuperich played a full 90, like the couple games before that. Um, but honestly, Bill Tuiloma has been really good. It's like hard to keep him out of the 11. So maybe it, maybe it'll be since Tuiloma played better than Mabiala last game, I'm going to go with Zuperich and Tuiloma. So it was a really long winded way to, to summarize the half the team. It's all right. You're just, you're very informed when it comes to that particular half. I'm sure the next one will just fly by. Well, the next one is somewhat easy, actually, because it includes Diego Chara, who's never not going to start. Um, and then Christian Perez will start next to him. He's been pretty good. I think he scored a game winner against Houston last year. If I remember, I know that name, so he must be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, he he was like, he's been really young, but he's one of those guys who's like, he was brought in super young, so he's just kind of always been young for us. And people really didn't like him for a while, and then they realized like, oh, this guy's still like only 22 or 23 or whatever. And then they started coming around on him and he's been really good for us this season. Uh, he saved us a point at home against Orlando. He drew a penalty. It's crazy so anyways, how we, we look at athletes that are that age and we forget that they're, they're children. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Like in soccer, you can be 16 years old and like get, be a professional. And like at 16, I wasn't even like, I didn't even know how to wipe my rear end. Right. <laughs> like I was still, like I was still leaving messes and these guys are making professional money, millions of dollars. Some of them. And we forget that A, they're people and B, they're babies. Like yeah. at my age, nobody should be playing a professional sport unless your last name is Brady. But <laughs> other than that, like it is a young person's game. And we just, we think they're like us and they're not. Because when I was 22, I mean, I was in the Marine Corps then, but I was still a moron. Like I was an absolute <laughs> idiot and I didn't have any money. Jesus Christ. If I had money, I'd, I'd have been in prison. I mean, yeah, I'm 22 now and I just got my first little bit of money and I'm in Mexico during the middle of my college term. So that. Oh, you're going to love anyways. tax return season when you're an adult. Oh God. I just, I actually had to do my taxes the other day. It was terrible. Awful. I want to go back. Um, all right. So the other char will also start Jimmy. He's pretty good. It's spelled with a Y, but you say Jimmy. Jess. Jess, we know. Yeah, <laughs> this is Texas, man. We know we know all the conjugations. <laughs> I'm even I'm learning them too. We also have uh, he probably won't play, uh, but David Ayala, who's also David Ajala, apparently because he's Argentine, Argentinian. However you say that. Anyways, uh, Jimmy Char will start on the right, maybe or maybe in the middle. The thing about the Timbers attack is like the front four guys are all moving around constantly. Even our center forward will get dragged out wide. He'll drop in. Everybody is constantly switching throughout the game. So it's almost pointless to assign them roles. But Jimmy is typically a winger. If Sebastian Blanco is healthy enough to play, then Blanco will be the 10. But if, if not, then Jimmy Char will start at the 10. Uh, and then it really all hinges on Blanco. If Blanco does play, then I expect to see him, Jimmy Chara, and Dairo Mespria, who... He's good. Yeah. Well, he's he scored against us before. I know that extremely name. Extremely inconsistent. It's how we well, like. He's consistent versus us. He's and I know he scored on us. He hasn't been consistent this season. Uh, he scored a penalty last game that he took from our center forward, which you know whatever. Um, but the Timbers are deep. We have a lot of options. Whether it's Dyron or whether it's our young guy Santi Moreno, who's an electrifying little winger. Uh, he's got a lot, a lot of skill, a lot of dribbling skill and pace but has yet to i guess i guess he technically scored in the playoffs last year but it was one of those where it like bounced off the post and then off the goalie and then in so it's like, yeah it doesn't feel the out. same like our our striker who hadn't scored up until last week mm -hmm. two weeks ago <clears throat> he tried to steal a penalty from fafa pico at the end of the miami game and fafa didn't let him he took it <laughs> oddly enough i was watching that game i don't know why it must have just been the only one on it's because you're you're two hours behind us, so you're three hours behind them. So for you, it was That's a true. reasonable hour. For me, I was like, I'm going to sleep. 
Yeah, I, I made I made it till two nil, and I was like, I'm done going to bed. <laughs> the um, and then Niskoda's going to start up top because nobody else is healthy. But uh, and he scored last game, which is good for him. Honestly, if he had played poorly in the last match, we might be looking at starting striker Dyron Espria, which <clears throat> should strike fear into both Houston and Portland fans in a weird way. Um, but yeah, that's. That's pretty much it. I don't think I missed any positions. I guess I didn't no, give like a, a concrete starting 11 or what I think or whatever, but it's so fluid with the Timbers. Like it's honestly just dependent on Blanco. If Blanco's starting, you should be worried. If he's not, you shouldn't be worried until he comes on. That's pretty much the scouting report for this. So game. what's your score prediction with Blanco then? We'll do this two ways. With for Blanco, you, for I mean, shoot, the outside back thing is really still pretty difficult um to get past i have a hard time thinking we won't concede and i have a really hard time thinking that we'll get three points in houston regardless i'm gonna go with the same score line that it was last year in houston 2-2 if blanco if blanco plays like more than half of the game if he doesn't oh probably houston probably a houston win to be honest do you guys attack are you going to attack are you going to sit back we are going to attack uh, then especially it's, it's, if then, we have long again then you're gonna really see goals. like you're starting to realize that literally our entire team performance is hinged on one man and it is sebastian blanco because san jose was the first team that really attacked us and it was four to three at the end like, yeah we did san not... jose is also notorious for just being absolutely terribly organized defensively like they weird they run this weird like that i mean they're, they're no miami or cincinnati but they're up there they're pretty yeah they are terrible they're they're, they're um, pretty bad but it was still you know it was four to two until late in the match and yeah, yeah, it's weird because we didn't. This is that was the first match we didn't control possession. Mm-hmm. It was the first match where we were clearly outshot, but we had more shots on target. We were far more clinical, and it was mm-hmm. four to three, and they attacked, and it was open, and there was it was chaos. And in the past, we haven't done well with chaos. And seeing Clark let in three goals leads me to believe we still have a little bit of that in us. Yeah. So if you're going to attack, oh, man, fuck, I'm going to say three two Houston. That's that you know that is a perfectly reasonable prediction because again like a huge part of defending counterattacks is how fast your fullbacks can recover and i just don't they haven't given me a reason to believe that they can do like anything well so far this we season. didn't truly counter until san jose because san jose wanted to keep the ball so we let them mm-hmm. we had played possession football up until san jose we had possessed the ball more than any other team up until yeah, i well, saw that you guys have really good passing team. numbers this year not for San Jose, we didn't. They, they completed yeah. like twice as many passes. We, com- we completed at a low rate, which shows you we were counterattacking. But I think that kind of shows our coach's ability to adapt. Like, okay, we're mm-hmm. not going to play possession with them because that's what they want. So we're going to sit back and then we're going to go. Yeah. The two new four, four to three. But I mean, still, I mean, three to two, I, I think. I feel in my heart of hearts, I feel like it's going to be a tie. I, th- I feel like we could lose. If we play like we did against San Jose, y'all will beat us. Yeah, honestly, this is this is a game where, much like a lot of MLS games, to be honest, and this is part of why the league is so entertaining, is its parity. Like, I feel like it could go any direction. I would not be surprised to see the Timbers win, lose, or draw this match. I, I think we are more likely to win or draw than we are to lose. Yeah, because and I, that, I feel like the yeah. travel, the travel's so big. Like we talked about, I talked about that with the, yeah, playing uh, in San Houston Jose is guy. tough. Yeah, and it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be eighty three is the high and seventy one is the low, but. It's going to be How about humid. that humidity though. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be humid. It's going to be warm, but it's not going to be it's not going to be July, which is when I think all our games should be at home. Like July and August, we're only at home. Come play us then. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, man. I I mean, it's not sunshine and roses in Portland right now either. It was really nice weather for a little bit, and then last night I was driving up from Eugene uh to the airport and it was like raining, hailing. It snowed at one point on my drive up. It was pretty scary stuff. And now I'm here in Mexico and it's like 80 degrees, but you can't step outside without being drenched in sweat, drenched in sweat. So I just got a text from, uh, from my hippie girlfriend. And she said she has an old man by Neil Young stuck in her head, but as it's being sung by me, because I do a Neil Young impersonation. And I figured, you know what? I don't think I've ever done the Neil Young impersonation. Pull it out. You want to hear it? Here we go. Old man, look at my life, 24 and so much more. How's that? That's pretty good. Thanks, man. I've never broken <laughs> that, that one out. That was, that was very good. 
She got uh she got Bob Dylan and Neil Young. Here's the Bob Dylan. Early one morning the sun was shining. I was laying in bed, wondering if she changed it out if I had was in red. That was Dylan. Oh, I grew up in more of a, a Neil Young family than a Bob Dylan family, but I'm still familiar. And I mean, shoot, man, it's pretty good. It's like a hidden talent. It's, it's kind of like <laughs> one of the things I do, which is it makes it hard to have actual serious conversations because at any point I could be like, stop, stop it now. And it'll just, I'm being serious, but it just happens. Like accents <laughs> will come out and people are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So I have, I asked my listeners if they had any questions for you And my, some of my listeners are like me and I got one that it might be insulting, but we kind of touched on it and you kind of answered it. It asked, what's it like being Seattle too? Oh. That was jalapeno Chris. Who, oh yeah, man. That's, that's All right, tough. jalapeno Chris. Like you're really sick, man. I, I hope <laughs> you have a really great life. Uh, I mean, no matter how we slice it, like if Seattle win the CONCACAF Champions League, we can't really say shit to them. Uh, and honestly, since they have more MLS Cups right now than us, and because we squandered the bag against NYCFC last season to potentially tie it up, like we, we, yeah, I mean, they are the more accomplished club right now. We could say that. We used to take comfort in saying like, oh, our fans are better or like, oh, this part of our club is better. But now, I mean, Your fans are pretty clearly our, our, our fans are great, but I mean, now they're starting to fight each other and like our club is run by scumbags and Seattle has like far and away the best general manager in the league. I mean, as an MLS like roster nerd, I can tell you that it's actually unfair what they're getting away with every year. I mean, Jao Paulo was an MVP candidate last season, a legitimate one, and he's not even a DP for them. It's outrageous. They just went and poached RSL's best player, Albert Rusnak, because they could. Because they felt like it. They're basically the Real Madrid of MLS. But I mean, Atlanta's yeah. the same. Atlanta's the same way. They're just not in your backyard. And you know? I mean, Atlanta, like everybody hates Atlanta. Some people still like respect Seattle. And that really grinds my gears. Um, because they're a bunch I of don't like guys. playing them. I fucking hate playing them. Because I know they're always I hate good. everything about them. Seriously. I hate everything about them. Well, that was a time. I wasn't sure if I should ask that one. I'm sorry if that struck a nerve. Oh, it, it strikes a nerve. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got it, like, me, Jalapeno Chris. Good job, bro. If somebody yeah. asked me, like, told me that we were worse than Austin, I'd be like, I think my response would just be, you know, F you. I mean, yeah, my response was originally going to be, how's it feel being FC Dallas too? But, like, they don't we still, we have win more anything. So, yeah, they never exactly. Win. They're, yeah. Dude, they're all so they bad. do is all they do is sell people, which, like, yeah, they're so bad at their supporters. And it's like, yeah. yo, where's all this money going? Where's all this money from Ricardo Pepe going? And how the hell did anybody pay 20 million for him? It's ridiculous. So the second question is- He really hasn't good. done much so far, yeah. No, he's been bad. But the second question is really good. And his name is Dago, and he always asks questions. He says, which players would you trade from your team? So like, who would you want from Houston and who would I want from Portland? And I've had a chance to think about it. So I'm going to go first. Please. I would definitely take both Charas. <laughs> Well, those are for sale, but <laughs> well, like if if we yeah could, yeah I know this is who would I take? Yeah. I would take both Charas and a Blanco, and after that, I mean we're taking your whole team if you're taking those guys. So, well, I mean if you get to keep what you have right now, <laughs> oh I see, and add, just poach guys, yeah, just okay. poach from us. Like I would just take I would take those three because I'm I kind of like what we have minus our right wing situation, but those three for sure, both Charas and a Blanco. I would take, I would say a Rudy if he was still there. But no, you can't. I hate him. Because <laughs> we need a backup striker. I feel um, about him almost the way you feel about Seattle. <laughs> I do. Uh, I think, I mean, a lot of Timbers fans would say Steve Clark. I mean, and I, I would agree with them. Uh, Teenage Adebe seems like a great one because there's been this specific fascination for Timbers fans with a comment that, uh, our GM made like two years ago now or something that like we are signing a young center back and we still have not signed said young center back. Um, well, I know his name's teenage, but he is 25, which well, is confusing. That's, that's young for the Timbers. I mean, we're notoriously old on this entire roster. Uh, Santiago Moreno is like our youngest 
pretty sure. Well, okay, that's not true because we just brought in more guys. But like, he's the youngest guy that regularly plays. And uh, I guess we got rid of Steve Clark and Diego Valeri, and they were part of that old brigade. But that that's kind of been the shtick about the Timbers, at least last season, and it carried over a little bit. So yeah, I would say Hedebe. I thought for sure you were going to say Quintero. Quintero's pretty thought- good, but we have a lot of guys who can do that. Yeah, well, you can always use a backup. That's what I was thinking, Blanco and Ferreira. But I would you start have successfully Blanco. identified Portland's actual transfer strategy. So you know what? You might be onto something with with the Quintero shout. Yeah, he's uh he he was a DP and then he decided to rework his contract and stay, which was great because our old coach fucking benched him for half a year for no we don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Same coach that led us to back to back last place finishes, which was a fun time. <laughs> it was a fun, fun time. So Everybody listening in Portland and Houston, this is going to be the end. And I haven't even did I did I say in the beginning it was the Houston time? I did, didn't I? Talked about my show, didn't I? Yeah, 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 yeah. We both did our thing. See that joint's kicking in. It's <laughs> it's been kicked in, man. I was talking earlier and I was like, "Fuck, I forgot." What I was I gotta like I have to like as you talk, I have to write keywords down or I will forget my thoughts. Dude, you, you, a running bit on our podcast is that I forget everything. And I don't even smoke before pods. Right? Oh, I do. <laughs> I found like a joint before and a joint during is about the perfect amount for me. But I wrote a big one when I got home. Like I was finishing it right before we started. It was a big one. So it was it was about as, you know, two. But speaking of that, dude, I, I, ate an, I made some edibles over the weekend. Oh, yeah. And uh, I for, I'm an idiot. Like I made them for us when we went to a soccer game, but it turned out wrong. I was making oatmeal muffins. I ended up making oatmeal because I forgot. Oh. I put like baking powder and not soda. I flipped them. I messed up. So I think they could find better names for those two things at this point. It's been long enough. Yeah. Can't you just call it the stuff that makes it rise? Like <laughs> rise a lot or something. So like Sunday morning, I was like, oh, I'm hungry. I was like, oh, yeah, I got that special oatmeal. So I ate the whole thing, and I was fucking stoned for all day. Like, I took, like, sick, dude. I slept for I slept. I was awake for, like, six hours. It was, like, sleep, wake up, drink water, go back to bed. It was ridiculous. So that was stupid. I will admit, I did, uh, before I sat down to do this, uh, my friend and I took a little stroll around uh, the calle around here. And we found some delicious street tacos and had to pick up some Coronas. So I did have some amazing street tacos uh, and, and a Corona or two, but yeah. I could see, I could see street tacos in my future. And I, I honestly it. feel like the tacos are having a similar, to, similar effect to what a joint might on me right now. Well, damn. I wonder what was in those tacos. Lots of fish. There's some fish, oh. shrimp, uh one of them was squid there was a squid taco in there that's Um, interesting yeah man straight outside and we were the only like non-locals there so it was clearly the place to be um yeah that's how you know it's good yeah man no sign no nothing no menu just a guy on a corner with like uh the wife and mom in the uh in the corner store like chefing it up yeah it was amazing yeah, we have, there's a strategy in Texas to find the best Mexican food and it's to find the restaurant with the most landscaping trucks in front of it. Like I've heard people say that, like, it's true though, because the one I can think of off the top of my head, every time I go to park there, there's trailers and there's tractors because it's all lawn equipment and I can't even get in, but that's how we find them here. Either that, or you have to know like an older Hispanic person because newer Hispanic people, they don't, the ones I know, at least they don't know. They're Americanized, mm-hmm. but you get the older ones that still speak, you know, the, the abuelo or the abuela, you get them and you ask them where they eat it. And that's where you go. In Portland, we, I mean, we just have a lot, like if it's you go to like, the place that isn't run by white people, like it's all white people with beards and flannels, isn't it? I mean, there are a lot, not all of them wear beards and flannels, but by God, there are a lot of white people in Portland. I think it's still like the whitest city in America. It's pretty Caucasian. Something like that. There's a it's, lot of stores that sell vinyl. There's Yes, there are. Dude, Although, okay. I need to give a quick shout out to Everyday Music, which is tragically closing. It's been open forever, my entire life, easily. It's right by my house. It was open 365 days a year, and it's closing. 
I'm oh, so man. sad because I have to be, my brother and I have to be the last people on earth who like willingly buy CDs. Um, oh, I still, I have, um, I got into collecting antique record players. Oh, I have wow. a, I have a 1962 Magnavox and everything works. It's all original. Everything works. And a 19, no, a 1962 Motorola and then a 72 Magnavox. It's a drum one, but I do buy albums and I do like vintage uh, music things, but the fuck music things. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do like, I do like antique uh, media consoles. There we go. Jesus music things. I like antique. Oh, that's a good, that's a good phrase right there. Antique. I write my, consoles. I write my show notes in crayon apparently. Jesus <laughs> music things. Well, I think look, that's, this is going to be called music things. Uh, that's going to be the name of the episode, but uh, give us a uh, shout your show out again real quick. Bet. Yeah. Uh, Double post pod. Y'all know it's good. If you're already listening to this on our side. Uh, yeah. If you ever want to, if you're a Houston person listening and you want to listen about timber stuff, uh, hit us up. Yeah, yeah. Go get like follow for sure. Like I, I know we're judged by our followers and it feels so cheap. Doesn't Dude, it? I haven't even looked. I haven't, I've, it's funny because like I have, so I have two podcasts. I have this one and I run like an Oregon Ducks podcast with my other friend Reed. And with the Oregon one, we, we take it pretty seriously. Like we, you know, we take detailed notes and like we have stuff laid out and everything. Reese and I literally don't even have a microphone. We just sit there and like hit go and we just riff like we're talking to each other. Uh, and it works out pretty well uh, for both podcasts. But, um, I don't even know what the numbers are for our pod, to be honest. But sorry, yeah, I interrupted is, you. My, no, it's fine, man. Mine's been a mine, mine. All most of the first season was a solo show, and then at mm-hmm. the end of the year, I did a super podcast where I got all of us together. Oh, and man. I guess yeah, it was so it was like two hours, man. We're not doing that again, and we're going to be timed this time. Uh, shit, I forgot what I was saying. Damn it, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's it. Does kill brain numbers? Cells. Numbers. Yeah, like the numbers thing, we're all judged by it and it feels cheap. But you know what? I'm not out here like showing my half naked workout videos to get attention. And I don't even use my real name. I don't even use my real name. So it's like, I mean, yes, I guess I like attention, but I'm not going to show my ass for it. I don't like it that much. Well, guys and girls, this is this it, man. We, we've reached the end. Charlie, this was fun. Thanks for coming on, my brother. Yeah, thank you for having me, Finn. And likewise, because I mean it'll be on both programs. So yeah. And, yeah, and you uh, people in Oregon, I, I I love. I'm gonna be there one day. I'm gonna get there. I promise. I gotta. I gotta go to Houston first. too, man. I love. I, mean, I love the Houston music scene for sure. Uh, awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna. God, I'm, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. If you want better music, go to Austin. Oh, uh, I feel, I feel, oh. Well, it depends on the music. I'm a big rap guy. That's like pretty. Oh, much then come here. Life. Come here. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean. Yeah, yeah, come here, man. Hip hop for sure. We are the place to be. Austin's more like that indie music, Americana, which is like rock country. Like yeah, they're all, yeah. They're all from Texas, so it's a different goddamn name. We are our own, <laughs> we are our own country for nine years. I'm gonna lose listeners over that one. Sorry, guys. Wasn't only nine. We yeah. Oh, uh, was it 31 to 36? Wait, 31 to 45. 14. No, 36 to 45. It was nine. Fuck, I don't remember. And I used to teach this subject. <laughs> I spent a whole year teaching Texas history. I'm not even from here, from New Jersey. I mean, Oregon didn't even exist back then. So, but I can't wait to get up there and like the trees. I love the trees. Love me some trees, man. Although the allergies, you gotta, gotta make sure you're not allergic to stuff or it'll kill you. We have, we have, we have uh, ragweed pollen. We have them bad here. The allergies here are bad. Oh yeah, man. And in Eugene, especially is like where I go to school and where I mainly reside. It is fucking terrible. Like I have to wear a mask outside. And I don't even want to, like, you don't, you've never had to wear a mask like outside. I don't think. Did you just, uh, did you just come out as an anti-masker? Did that just happen? <laughs> you know, you're probably just based in Oregon, right? Like we, we'll edit that part out. As, as we've said many times, I'm Reese and I are, you can guess what Reese and I's politics are. Oh yeah. Fairly yeah. easily based on uh, just, you know, the fact that we're Timbers fans and that we go to the University of Oregon. So like for Texas, I'm liberal, but like if I went to Oregon, they'd be like, where's your mega hat? Yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's crazy how different we are based upon regions. And like, yeah, here I'm like, you liberal goddamn Yankee son of a bitch. But if I go to like a real liberal place, they're like, you need to step back. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. I just don't look like it. I don't know, (laughs) but that has been it. The, uh, thanks for showing up, man. Yeah, I'm not even you. sure how to. I'm not even sure how to close this because I've never. We always close ours with the Go Timbers, but I'm not going to force that on you. So Dude. I'm just going to say Go Timbers. Then I'm going to say Go Dino. That's how I close my show. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.